Hello, everybody, and welcome to another Spark of Genius Flesh and Blood production. I know we're we're going heavy on the discussion videos for the last couple weeks, but you know what? It's never too early to have Yuki Lee Bender, the PTI Hunter, 2021 Canadian National Champ. <laughs> I want to say Prism Bane, but Prism's LL now. So, the, uh, you know, Queen of the North, I don't know, whatever, whatever else you want to give her on the titles. But the PTI, PTI Hunter was why we brought her on um, this time around here. So we are joined by... None other than exactly who I described, Miss Yuki Lee Bender. I am also joined by my co-creator, co-commentator, co-caster Rob. Uh, no, no titles for him, just Rob. Uh, <laughs> and then, of course, we're we're going to be talking a little bit about Yuki's PT experience through in Lille, uh, all the way in France. Uh, she traveled far and wide here, and it was as of recording. I want to say last weekend. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure it was last weekend. Um, yeah. The PT calling and Battle Hardened. It was a, it was a very action-packed weekend here. So we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about uh, Yuki's experience at the PT at the calling uh, and and questions kind of surrounding that. This this discussion is gonna be less of an interview style that we had with Jason from the calling Singapore. This is gonna be a bit more freeform. So things will come up here and there. Um, if you if you like this kind of content, feel free to like, comment, and subscribe. We did just do our big giveaway. Uh, that video should probably be posted before this video. Mm -hmm. uh, so congratulations to the eight winners. A uh, reminder, if you did win in that, please email us ASAP to get your uh, prizes on the way. So without further ado, Yuki, tell me a little bit about the PT. You brought you brought Viscerai to the PT. First of all, I'd like to know, I, me and all your other Lexi main allies here who <laughs> went into the Lexi DT Nation. as Lexi as Legolas, like just with the full cosplay running in there, <laughs> helps deep. I'm, I'm, I'm sure we're all curious why Viscerai. So I'm just going to start it off. Why Viscerai? Yeah, so going into the PT weekend, I was actually pretty torn. Um, not between Viscerai and Lexi, but between Viscerai and Prism. Uh, those are the main decks I've been testing. I think that the biggest thing about Lexi in this metagame is that it's just so wide. Like, I know that. If you look at the top eight, it might not look like it. Like, there was a lot of Briar. Um, but there was just a ton of decks that you have to be play against or that you can expect to see. And I think that that's a hard spot to be for Lexi. Um, I think you're pulled in a lot of different directions. Like, Lexi really wants to kind of, like, hone in and, like, have very specific, like, arrows and hit effects and, and card selection to deal with specific matchups. And when there's you know, so many different heroes being represented and different strategies that you have to account for, it's really hard to account for everything. So I think just like, like already like dealing with the hyper aggressive decks that can kind of just like kill you with one good turn and then also trying to manage the uh, the illusionist matchups and then also all the guardians is like a lot of things to do in one deck. And I, I know that sounds sort of like the, the PT1 meta because you had Prism, Chain, and... Um, Starvo. 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 Yeah, but the thing about that was it was only really, like, mostly those three decks exactly, and a lot of your tools for Starvo and Chain were actually pretty interchangeable. Um, like, you needed the fatigue shots, but, like, a lot of the taxes, like, the sleep darts, a lot of it, it's, there's actually quite a bit of overlap there. Um, whereas I think that the tools that you want for, like, Bravo showstopper right now is completely different from what you want for Briar, and that's different than what you want for Viscerai. So, it, yeah, it's just tough. 
Okay, so it makes sense given mm-hmm. given the Kermit, like the the viscera. How how did how did it go for you? I mean, day one coming with Viserai, I know you had the draft portion first. So you had the, the three rounds of draft and then the four rounds of CC going into day two. So walk me through kind of how you felt about the draft um, for Uprising and then um, what you saw as, as Viserai in day one. Yeah, so um, the draft started out, I kind of, I had a bit of a interesting draft. Um, the So right away, uh, I guess pick two, pack one. I noticed that a Dromai card was missing, and then I noticed a rare was missing, and then more Dromai cards, so could kind of surmise the rare was likely a dragon. Um, so I kind of knew like not to go into Dromai right away, and I was hedging between Fi and Icelander. Um, the packs were a little bit strange, though. They definitely skewed um, towards Icelander, and... The, the there were five cards and I identified that Phi was open, but there also just weren't there were there was like a lot of like the Phi like blues and yellows. They were kind of weak Phi packs. So I thought about going into it and kind of been hedging, but I ended up getting some pretty good Icelander cards. So I, I went up, went up sticking with her. Like I was getting like fourth pick Aether Hail, uh, fifth pick Aether Ice Vein kind of stuff. Um, I think Icelander was a fine choice. My deck was pretty strong, but I did end up not getting very much equipment. And um, I think only one of the Icelanders in the pod had equipment, interestingly enough. So I don't know if Mm. just not that much was opened or somebody was speculating early and then switched. I'm not quite sure. Um, But the the pod's breakdown was three Icelander, three Dromai, um, and two Fi. So I think the Fi's ended up um, battling it out in the finals. quite sure that's what happened and i ended up playing against um icelander mirror which was really bad for me i didn't have arcane barrier i had one piece of quelling equipment and while my card quality was good my hmm, i had like more of the disruptive pieces and my opponent had more of the just like raw damage raw and damage. when when neither of you have arcane barrier you just want to do as much raw damage as you can yeah yeah, so I just felt like I couldn't race this deck well. I had some Oasis Respites. I, I drew one. He drew one. Kind of, yeah. Mm. Just kind of got outraced. Um, after that, I played against two Dromais. The Dromai decks were fairly weak, just because there was three in the pod. Um, yeah. But one of the games I'm a bit surprised I won, I my opponent resolved Uvia on their <clears throat> second, third turn, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very early, and I had no outs to kill it in my entire deck. I was like, I, I cannot, cannot kill Uvia. Um, no go again, no poppers. So I kind of just battled through it. Um, just timely singes, some good Aether Ice fans, and I think that they took a little bit of damage early on where maybe they didn't need to, mm-hmm. um, and, and that was enough, but... Yeah, so I was feeling pretty good after that win. I was just hoping not to play against the other Icelander because I knew the other Icelander had AB. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually okay with the Fies, even though there's only two Fies. I think my deck was very good in Defy, actually. Um, but I did dodge the Icelander, played against a uh, another Dromai. This this Dromai didn't even have Arcane Barrier and was um, a relatively easy matchup for me. So I ended the draft 2-1, which pretty good. Um yeah, you know it's not the three zero, but you can't really be upset with a two one. Yeah, it's a winning score um, or a above yeah. average, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So felt pretty good about that. Um, going into CC, 
I had some very tough opponents and I would say tough matchups. Um, I played in round four, I believe I played Pat Eschke on Oldham. It was like an aggressive Oldham list with Crown of Providence and tech plating that I hadn't really practiced against. And it just kind of fell behind early, honestly. Um, seems kind of funny to say, but like I kind of got outraced by him a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't have like, I wasn't quite lining up the hands I needed and I, I got low pretty fast just off the back of some like eight power attacks with a red pummel. Um, you take two of those, you're at 16 all of a sudden, and it's like, whoa, okay. Um, so yeah, I, I just felt a little underprepared for that particular configuration of Oldham. It took me by surprise a bit. Um, after that, I played against another Oldham, more defensive. I did manage to get the win there. Mm -hmm. Then I played against Fino Black's Prism. Um, Fino actually ended up making it all the way to top eight. Uh... Quite a interesting match. I felt like we were both drawing really well. He kind of had um, like the iconic like double auras at the start. Mm -hmm. um, I believe he won the die roll as well. And I also drew pretty hot with like Mordreds and Rebels and, and got him pretty low and was managing his board okay. Um, the game kind of came down to I had an off turn and then when I managed to set up lethal, I think I had like a Rebel turn and he was at two. Um, he managed to play two arc lights in a row, and that was enough to just lock me out of the game with um, Merciful in play as well. Mm. So, a bit unfortunate, but it does happen. It felt like a pretty close game. Um, and at this point, I guess I'm 3-3, I'm three, three, which is really not where I want to be. Um, I think that you need to be X3 to top 8, and even then, I, I believe Michael Thang and... Yeah. Cody Williams. Well, Cody Williams, that's right. Yeah, two of them uh, bubbled out Bubble. at X3. At X3, yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. Even though they allowed you to make day two with X4, it didn't make sense for anyone who wanted to make top eight at that point. Yeah, and so after the six rounds being like X3, it's I knew I was pretty likely to bubble, even if I was able to win out the rest. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know what I would have done had I ended on X3, but what ended up happening was I played the fourth round. I got paired into uh, Kale, Kale McCreeth and on bravo um, awesome. yeah on bravo mm -hmm. and um classic he he didn't miss his disruption and i didn't really draw hands that did very much um yeah I'd, yeah unlike me and rob's game kale probably hit what he needed to hit to close out the game that but game, that, that oh matchup <laughs> bravo viscerai is definitely like if bravo doesn't miss there is no window for viscerai like there is no setup. Yeah. there's no nothing right because of all the on hits. So it definitely makes sense. If you roll high, you roll high, right? Yeah. yeah. And I kind of had like, I drew both of my sinks on like the first meaningful turn, which is like you want the sinks in that matchup, but drawing them together was Not really together. awkward. Like I, yeah, because yeah, I ended up sinking and sinking a card and drawing into the other sink. And I was like, <laughs> I guess I play this for your like, I think it was just like a vanilla attack or a crush effect I didn't care about. Okay. And then yeah. it was just kind of like, oh, this is just, just not very Being good. Being wasted on something that you don't really need to block, right? Yeah, I got him kind of low, but it was just... It was one of those games where like he, all the life trades are in, on his terms, and I'm not... Mm. Even though the life pad looks kind of close, it's it's not very close at all. So I ended day one at three four, uh, which is technically a day two. Like that does let you play day two, but yeah. I didn't have much interest in playing it out. I wasn't I wasn't having fun 
playing Viserai into all the Guardians, it was just kind of miserable, honestly. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And um, Three Guardians and uh, one Prism. <laughs> yeah. I think I would have had to win out in order to um, even have a shot at top 32. Top yeah. 32, yeah. yeah. That's so right. just felt like, what's the point? I can get a fresh start in the calling, and I can play Prism, which I ended up feeling like was maybe the, the better pick, especially when I saw... Um, like Fino in the day with a very good record. Um, yep. Ian Ian mm-hmm. Zhang was yep. I think five two six one. Yep. He was one five, two. I think he was I think he was five two day one, and then he yeah updated the next day. But right. and then there was one one prism was like ten zero at one point or something like that. Um, yeah. In, in day two they were they were seven zero and then they won their draft so they were like ten zero going into round eleven. For the, yeah, there was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and they just ended up being more Guardian than I really had anticipated going in. Like, I thought there would be some, but there was really quite a bit. Um, yeah. I think I also got mashed into a lot of it, but I was just... Yeah. yeah, it ended up feeling like Prism was the better pick, and so going into the calling, that's what I did. I played Prism. That's fair. Um, um, yeah. So, just, like, one more thing about the PT here. You obviously know what happened. Like, you know what top eight, you know what half briar a uh, little bit mm-hmm. of prism sprinkled in here and then uh, I don't even, uh pablo pablo on pablo i'm just gonna i'm just gonna say he was just on whatever it doesn't really matter um and one and, dash and one dash yeah mm-hmm. uh, uh, Christian. The, the, the ger- yeah the german national champ right so uh what do you what do you think about like the result of the pt specifically um yeah it didn't Super surprised me. Um, it was a very similar top eight to Singapore. I right. I thought that. So I thought that Dash was going to be probably the best deck going into the weekend, and the reason I, or sorry, not not Dash. Um, Briar. Sorry, Briar. Okay. I thought yeah. Briar was going to be the best deck. I thought I thought that Dash was even though Dash won Singapore was kind of exploitable. Once you knew what to do, you could. Like this, I can just fatigue it. Mm-hmm. Um, Prism can fatigue it. Um, Briar can honestly race it if you block the key on hits. So I think like once people knew that matchup and the gameplay patterns, it was not as strong a deck. Um, Briar surprised me like a little bit. I did think it was the best deck, but I didn't think it was by such a big margin. I thought that half of top eight best deck. Yeah, I thought that it w- it would be represented a lot, but maybe more like three spots in the top eight. It didn't really surprise me that it won, but I thought that I thought that Viscerai was a little bit closer to Briar than I think it actually was. I think that matchup is actually um, the the closer it got to the PT, the worse I felt about that matchup, the mm-hmm. the Viscerai Briar matchup. And I think that as decks got a little bit more refined, it became harder and harder. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I wasn't super surprised, but. Um, I guess she overperformed a little bit of my expectations. And I think um, there's some interesting Briar decks too. Like Matt Folks's deck was the belittle Briar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with all the on hits and sort of just this ability yeah, to yellow snatch drawing cards and going forever was was interesting. Yeah. We hadn't really seen that before. So that was cool. I really I really did think it was like the Creepers Abuser deck. Like that's really what it was yeah. built upon. Like Creepersing in Channel Mount, which he did a couple times during the top eight stream. I feel like that was the main exploit that you just like come in with that snatch and you know you know you're channeling like force of nature or channeling in like channel or something like that, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. It seemed like a great deck for the weekend. It's very um 
I think that you're pretty favored into aggro just because you have so many on hits and they can't really yeah. deal with it. But interestingly, I think the deck actually is not quite as good into Prism. And um, I think that if people like going into national season, like Guardians can play like Crush the Week against it and stuff like mm -hmm. that. So I, I'm curious to see if we'll see that deck stick around, even if it was a really good, good meta call for this particular weekend. We'll see. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's totally fair. So rolling into the calling, obviously you switched heroes, but you didn't switch to Lexi, obviously. No. <laughs> uh, you switched you switched to Prism. So run me through... I, obviously, you kind of mentioned before that your top two decks in your mind that you're practicing were Viscerai and Prism. So not too surprised that if one didn't really feel that great, you're going to the other. But like, why why Prism Like in general? Like, Why was it kind of your second, second pick to Viscerai coming into the weekend? Yeah, so the nice thing about Prism is that even though the aggro matchups are perhaps not fantastic, um, she kind of makes up for it by having a very, like, almost auto-win into a lot of decks or very good matchups into a lot of decks. Like, if you play Alexi, they're probably not going to have a great time. Um, if you play against a Guardian, it's very close to unlosable. Uh, same thing for Dory. Like, there's just like kind of a bunch of fringe decks that you really get a lot of equity from. Mm. Um, and I think, especially in an open event, that that's pretty attractive. Uh, the other thing that kind of I wasn't that seriously considering Prism. I did I did bring the cards with me, so it was non-zero. But one of the things that kind of um, tipped the balance a little bit was that in my testing with. Ian. So I guess before the before the PT, I spent some time in uh, the Hag testing with with Ian. And in our testing, I was actually surprised at how good Prism was into Viscerai and how good she was into um, even Briar. Like the Briar matchup was definitely worse than the Viscerai one, but it's not. I think it's not as bad as people thought it was. And we actually end up seeing that in the calling uh, where Prism actually ends up beating. Briar and having to go through several Briars in the top eight and, and doing it. So the matchup's not fantastic, but it's far from unwinnable. And if those are your bad matchups, that feels like a pretty good place to be. So I think just like having that ability to get some free wins if the pairings go your way and then just be really solid into pretty much everything is is just a nice place to be. The deck's also just super consistent. Um, mm -hmm. I kind of realized this event that I don't really enjoy playing the super aggressive decks when there's so much on the line. It just, you know, a lot of the aggro mirrors are like three turns and it feels a little high rolly. Gives out on you. Yeah. yeah, you draw it or you don't. Um, yeah. Even when I, you can still get rolled as Prism versus Briar, but it feels like, I don't know, the games feel more interesting. I, I have mm -hmm. more fun playing them. So, yeah. Okay. So we're moving into the calling then. We're we're on Prism. You're playing. How many rounds was the calling? 12 rounds? I forgot how many uh, rounds. But 13 rounds. It was 8 on day rounds. 1 and then 5 on day 2. There was 8 and 5. Yeah. There's a lot of players. I think it was 570-ish. Okay. So we're in like, like that middle bracket there between the 7 and... Okay, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, exactly. I'm not, I'm not going to ask you to recount 13k. <laughs> um just in in your Swiss in general, was there any like interesting matchups or matchups that like stuck out to you that you kind of want to give a bit more context uh, between that like maybe it would surprise you in how good it was or bad it was or anything like that? Yeah, so I guess the first thing I would say is that I played against a pretty big variety. I think I had like two games against Dash. Um, 
on day two, I had two Bravo and an Oldham, which was a nice way to go into mm. day two. Yeah. I played the mirror, I think, three times throughout the two days. Um, How is the mirror, by the way, from your perspective? The mirror is, the mirror is interesting. Um, I like it. I think that it can be snowball-y, and sometimes you can just lose and you didn't do anything wrong. But I also think that it is very um i think it's a very technical matchup and i think that there are a lot of things you can do that are incorrect and a lot of things <laughs> and a lot of those incorrect plays can just put you way behind so i think that um it's actually pretty skill testing skill the games based. tend to go long yeah. and i think you can get a pretty big edge and i think the list that ian and i were running was actually just fantastic in the mirror that's one of the matchups we worked on a little bit mm. Um, and the idea was to side out some blue auras. I think we were only running like 12 blues total in the matchup. And we had, um, I had nine, nine yellow poppers. So super flexible. <laughs> mm. You can pitch them and just stop their heralds. And then, uh, we played basically all the yellow auras, but we also, except for, uh, Arclight, but we still had the, um, the fractal phantasmoclasm package as okay. well. Yeah. So it just kind of feels like you have all the tools where you can really pressure their life total really hard and do some pretty ridiculous fractal shenanigans where they have to like, they have to block your erudition, but they block it with a red war tune. And then your erudition, then your fractal is coming in for seven because it copies not only your own things, but their, their things that are on the chain as well. So there's, it can just get really out of control. Um, we were playing Crown of Providence and Goliath Gauntlet in that matchup, just again to get the air edition sure to connect edition. have the reliable armor. Yeah. yeah. And um we found that when you try to play auras into it, that even if you have the popper, you kind of get stuck. Like you spend one card popping, you spend two cards playing an aura, and the other deck can sometimes like still throw a war tune and play an aura, then kill your aura, and it's like not not really a great spot to be. So or just like kill it with a shield. Um, so it felt like we had kind of all the tools, and I felt like I had a pretty big leg up in basically all the mirror match games that I played. I felt like our strategy was just very dominant, honestly. Awesome. Yeah. Fair enough. So there was the, after the 13 rounds, going into top eight, there were a couple prisms, a couple briars. Uh, there was a dory. Uh, that was kind of the... Maybe the um, that was the thirteen one that got away. Was it 12? 12, one. 12, one? Sorry, 12, 12 one. one. Yeah, twelve one. I think he was the second seed. Twelve one. I think. I think there was another twelve one that was first seed. Um, but he he was twelve one. Mm -hmm. Um, on Dory, I remember I like tuned in. It was like match something. It was. It wasn't obviously the match first. The first two. It was the third third match. I think so. It was the second seed and the seventh seed. Um, and so that one kind of. Definitely took me by surprise, given how many prisms were there. Like the Dory making mm -hmm. it that far. I, I, I guess when I think about it, probably like feasting on aggro decks is probably a good way for Dory to get into top eight. I imagine that was probably what it was. No, gem blessed Dory. But uh, as far as your own uh, top eight experience, you're matched into one of the Briars. I think there's three bri three Briars in top eight. I think um, two or three. I I'm not sure. If it was yeah, there was three prism. Three prisms, three one prism, dory, one dory, one dash, dash. Yeah, I think, I think it was, was three bars. Was it a viscera? It, no, it, it, it was one of the two. Price. It was either viscera yeah. or dash. I forgot. Well, I'm getting the PT. Actually, it's like pretty similar PT to calling top eight, so it's getting a little bit blurry. But um... they were very similar, and I remember going back and watching the stream, and they actually 
originally like they had updated the names but not the yeah. heroes next right. to it so yeah. that's making I saw it, it confusing I, I looked at it in one of the videos i'm like oh it's the same top like yeah. i can't there's no way that's right but like half briar i'd probably believe it if you told me yeah. that was true. but uh, you were now. into one of those briar briar players top eight tell me a little bit about because we didn't get to we didn't get to see that match so we only got to tune in in the third round of quarters so tell me a little bit about that briar match yeah um so i was sixth seed going in um, my record was 11-1-1, but both my losses were D1. So um, mm. not the best breakers, but yeah. Um, so I, I ended up, of course, going second. Um, my start wasn't really what I would hope for in that matchup. Um, usually I like to, uh, the plan is to play auras into that matchup and try to establish a board. And usually if you can get kind of like three auras, 20 life and stabilize, um, you can usually close out the game. The issue was was that um, I was drawing all heralds early on. Mm. Um, luckily, there were pretty good ones, like a lot of war tunes. I could do like double war tune off a of yellow or a miraging off a of tunic, like those kinds of plays. But I wasn't really setting up a board. Yeah. Um, that being said, the dashes, or sorry, the the briar's start was a little bit slow, um, pretty below average turns, I guess you could say. Um, so I was, I did get a life lead. I think I was up something like 30 to 20 ish. Mm -hmm. And then, um, then I start seeing my auras and I decide to, uh, take some damage to set up my board. And I think I have, I think it's parable, parable, haze bending and another blue aura. I think it's Pierce, uh, Pierce or Shimmer is one of the two. Mm -hmm. And I'm feeling pretty good because I have three auras. I'm at 19 life, which is kind of like right what I was talking about. And I have a, he's also at 19 and I have a miraging metamorph in my arsenal. That's going to be awesome with my board. Mm -hmm. um, the thing is though, he does have a channel in play, which is a bit spooky, but I hadn't seen any ALS. So I had some outs there. Um, what ends up happening is after setting up my board and we're both at 19, he has the channel in play. I have... I draw into four blue auras, so I'm already not thrilled about this hand. <laughs> um, and then he plays double force of nature into, then they're fused into a command and conquer for 10. So oh. I have to block with my whole hand and my crown of providence. Oh my gosh. And then I think about sinking the card, but realistically, if he has another attack, like he has snaps up. So if he has another attack, I can't block it. It, it doesn't do anything. So I just decide to keep the miraging in there. Uh, he has a snatch, so he snatches for yeah, draw three. <laughs> um, he kind of whiffs, sort of, off the snatch. He ends up making a rune chant and arsenaling. Uh, I think he arsenals a lightning surge. Like it is a go again attack, right? I, I think I think it must have been surge because yeah. And he probably um, lost channel. Um, oh, sorry, Mount Heroic yeah. at this point, right? He he did not. So uh, that, that's why I say he sort of whiffed. Like okay. he still got a good arsenal, and then he. Because he pitches for the rune chant, he ends up um, managing to keep it. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. And then my next hand blocks, um, I think I draw two yellow auras and it blocks oh. six. And I'm already at, after that turn, I think I'm down to like nine or eight mm. life or something like that. So yeah, just yeah. pretty doomed. He, he killed me on the spot. There wasn't really anything I could do. I couldn't, couldn't yeah. really block. I'm a so. sad sentinel, that was it. <laughs> 
Yeah, I still had a really good out to draw Arclight actually there. I think yeah. if I can draw Arclight and CMH goes out and I still have like the eight life with the auras and yeah. then I would get a spectral shield and I have miraging in Arsenal, the, the tides could turn pretty fast. But um, especially if I was able to do like blue, blue Arclight and then pitch a yellow, right. come in with miraging attack with all the auras, mm -hmm. like that would put him down to nine, eight health. Um, and then you'd have full tempo at that point. Yeah, certainly becomes very, very close. It kind of depends how the next couple hands line up, but yeah, it, it just didn't go that way. I didn't see the arc light. Um, I think yep. even if I saw better blocking hands, like if they were like full of three blocks, I think I might have been okay there. It's just, yeah, it was too much. Not much I could do. Nope, that's fair. Um, congratulations on the top eight, of course. The PTI mm -hmm. Hunter strikes again. <laughs> you're, fl you're flying further and further for these PTIs, though, so I wonder where you're going <laughs> next to, to grab a PTI, but... um. Congratulations, nonetheless. What was your uh, what was your gold foil? Curiosity. Uh, yeah, so I have a bit of a fun story. So I was planning to wait to open the gold foil um, when like yeah, Ian and Marcel were around. But then I, I was watching the um, two of the Sunflower Samurai, so that's Pablo's team. Two of them were opening their gold foils, and the first guy opened up uh, Shuko. And then the second guy opened up New Horizon, and as soon as I found New Horizon, I was like, "Well, I gotta, I gotta see <laughs> if I can trade him." Make my move. Yeah. yeah. So I immediately opened mine, and I hit uh, Spellbound Creepers, which is mm. pretty nice. A high hit. priority one, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, I just immediately asked him if he wants to trade, and he was happy to do it. So um, awesome. Yeah, Shout out to him. That really. That made my weekend. I was like grinning from ear to ear. Yeah, um, I was super now super happy to get the New Horizon. This is the card you, you plan on playing. Your now? Own gold foil. Sign yeah, sign my own gold foil. Well, it's not. That's not part of the plan. I could have gotten um, uh, James White to sign it. It's true. If you're into that, I don't know. I think I'll just leave it. But um, yeah. did you open but up I, the, I the wrapper do... and everything? I didn't end up opening up the wrapper, but I do plan to play it. I know that. I remember that PCG said that they're doing the slab that like fits in your deck box. So it just says something. Oh, about oh that. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I saw something about that. It just like yeah. make sure because the Mac cases are too big. You need like an oversized one, but they're gonna make one that like yeah. No, yeah. I definitely. Or, or slabs are just too big in general, and you're allowed to play with your slabs. So they're gonna make yeah. one that you can play one a little easier. A little easier. Yeah. So I think I'm gonna wait for that, and and since it has like the it's like the nine plus authenticated yeah. thing on it, I don't really want to open it oh i just, forgot yeah. that you got it slabbed already right it's not it, slabbed it, it comes oh, pre-graded it came pre-graded i'm sorry yes yes it, it, it's not even graded it just says that it's guaranteed to be right there's a minimum oh, grade. Higher, yeah yeah they just guarantee that at least the quality reaches a certain standard so you don't end up with like a ripped gold foil or whatever some of them have yeah. terrible like whitening on the edges yeah. and corners so they wanted to make sure that people who won these things don't feel like they won garbage right because no one's gonna want it uh, they made sure that at least it, it reaches a certain standard, so it's near mint at least. Yeah, and it's sort of funny. I'm not exactly sure what it looks like because <laughs> the little the little nine plus tab, like it, it, it covers the top of the top order, oh. so I can't actually see the top of the card or the corners. So I don't know. Like, how is it? I packaged? only kind of know. Is it so the top it's loader? Just, and you have it's just sleeve. like before. You have it in the wrapper in the top loader, yeah, and then it has like a little piece of 
like oh, on, the, like on the top or over like the top. It covers the top. Okay, oh, yeah. wow. okay. that's kind of weird. So you can't take yeah, it so out without like, ripping uh, that. Or, uh, yeah, like, you have plus door. Don't worry, the guaranteed. That's <laughs> guaranteed. So I'll take it. They said that if you take it in, they'll give you a nine plus. So I think I'm gonna mm-hmm. wait to do that. That seems like probably the best way to have the card yeah. stored and be able to play with so. it. So I think so. That makes sense. Okay. Might have to so wait a bit to play maybe it. Maybe we'll but... make a submission together. I have stuff to send. Last, uh, last kind of uh, obviously you didn't play the battle hardened because you date to the calling, so I'm not really going to ask you about it. it. Was a limited battle hardened? I think Michael Hamilton. Oh yeah, limited, here. right? I heard there were like six rounds for like hundreds of people, and there were like 25 x ones or uh, something ridiculous <laughs> like that. But um, yeah, I'm not really going to go too into that. Yeah, you had to x one. You had to your loss had to be in round six. Otherwise, yeah. you bubbled. You were doomed. Yeah, which is like, I don't. No, I'm not gonna comment on that. I just think it's funny. <laughs> but it, it, it's a rough tournament for sure. Yeah. But the the topic was pretty stacked. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair. Uh, so th- that was kind of like the event. I did have, of course, I mentioned a little bit about like your, your kind of assessment. A little bit about mm-hmm. the, for the coming still uh, national around. season as well. Yeah, the couple of national season, world season, because I think there'll be one BNR, but they probably. Unless there's something shockingly like something crushes national season, I can't see them making too many changes because the next set probably won't be out until after Worlds, anyways. But I guess for the national seasons, national season for everybody. Um, first, what do you think? Like Prism's LL'd out. So, what are your. It's a bit of a two parter. The first part is what do you think that does like to the meta and who do you think are going to kind of rise to the uh, cream of the crop, as they say? Yeah, so I think the big. Um... The big winners from Prism leaving are obviously the Guardians. I think the Guardians are going to be very good. Um, I suspect Oldham's a little better than Bravo, but I think that they're both going to be pretty strong and you're going to expect to play both. And I think that um, they might, in a sense, kind of... Like, it's weird because Briar won the PT, right? And and was in the finals of the calling against Prism. So in a lot of ways, like Briar was the deck of the weekend. It was definitely the best choice. But I think going into Nationals, that it almost feels like Guardian might be the deck to beat. Um, I don't think you can disregard Briar. I think that's going to be a deck that sees play too. But I think you need to have a plan for Guardian. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's the big one. I think that Icelander might show up. And Mm -hmm. like we already saw Icelander in the top eight of Singapore. And I think there was some like pretty close like if they got one more win they might have been in contention kind of thing at the pro tour so i suspect icelander to only get better yeah um and then i'm also pretty curious about um like dash becomes interesting with guardian being better maybe maybe dash is a good mm, choice go back to control not... dash instead of the ungabunga <laughs> like just boost away exactly. right yeah Pretty yeah. meta. Yeah, so it depends if you can still handle Briar with that setup. That's it a might good point. be hard. Yeah, I think but, you can. Um, I mean, it's interesting. the list we saw that Jason Wren had a pretty good package, I think, into they had like a good control package and a good um, aggro package. So I think that Dash mm-hmm. can tech pretty well into both scenarios. Maybe not as, as fully as she wants to, but there can be still mm-hmm. be there can still be a good battle plan into the Guardians, even though you're going more of an aggressive package. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. And maybe the last one is. Um, maybe dory i think dory question mark i mean 12 dory question mark 12 yeah. she showed up yeah. yeah losing the terrible prison matchup is obviously really good for her mm-hmm. but i also think that 
the Guardian matchup, maybe? Yeah, Oldham. Oldham's not... You're not thrilled to face against Oldham. Oldham sounds horrible. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't... Yeah, it sounds really bad. And I, I don't know, but... I'm not sure that the Icelander matchup is fantastic either. I really don't know. I haven't played that matchup, but I could imagine it being frustrating. So uh, right. yeah, depends on some stuff. I'm not like a haven't played Dorian a long time, but yeah, it's sort of interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like it's almost like crew meta again. It feels like with a whole bunch of new classes and how circle. exactly those fit in Back will be interesting. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that makes Dash, sense. Dash, Guardian, um, Dory, all up there. And then there's yeah. Kling and Briar along with uh, Oldham. Yeah, that's true. And the last question I have, um, well, last like main question I have is, uh, what ha- what's with my girl Lexi here? I say my girl. I, I don't... <laughs> I don't know. PT, PT got her signed, so now I have an emotional connection to that card. But <laughs> other than that, like I'm sure all the Lexi players... Like, well, there was... There was a 7-0 Lexi on day one, so they obviously 4-0'd their CC. Not yeah. like I, I don't really remember seeing what kind of matchups those were. However, what, what do you see Lexi fitting into this new reign of Guardian Terror? It'll be interesting to see. Um, I think there's some work that needs to get done. The current Lexi lists are built with Prism in mind, and there's a right. lot of I think concessions and like how you build your deck that you have to make in order to have the prism matchup be reasonable. So I think there's a lot of options. Like for example, and I don't know that these decks are good, but I think that like a go tall build is at least feasible now. Whereas before you could never really go heavy into go tall because you just fold to auras. Um, I do think like Dromai is still probably a problem, and I, I suspect that some Prism players are going to go over to Dromai mm-hmm. um, if they can figure out the Guardian matchup. So that's a bit rough, and I do think the Guardians are perhaps beatable, but not fantastic for you. Um, that being said, again, like it kind of depends like how much you can tech your deck for Guardian now because of Prism being gone, and how good that makes the matchup. And I, I just. I don't have the answers to that. It's gonna. It's probably gonna be the first thing I test, though, is to see can you make a Lexi deck that is good into Guardians. And um, I suspect it might be hard, honestly, mm-hmm. um, and hard to deal with. Like some, like again, you still have the wide metagame problem. In some ways, it might almost be wider than before, just because it's like a brand new meta without Prism. People are gonna be bringing out whatever their favorite deck was that was terrorized yeah. by Prism. Everyone who was gatekept yes. um, by Prism now can rise up, or rise higher, yeah. not all the way up, but somewhere in the meta. Yeah. So, fair enough. Might be hard to bring her, especially, I think maybe if you have like the third week of Nationals, um, I could see her starting to become a better choice as the meta mm-hmm. probably gets figured out a little bit, and you can kind of tailor your deck to those matchups, depending on what they are. Um for Canadian Nationals, I don't know. I would love to bring her again, but um, yeah, it kind of depends how how the Guardian matchup feels. Mostly, mm-hmm. I think that's the big one. Do you see yourself considering yep. Guardian at all? I've... The Guardian player. <laughs> I, I haven't as heard I of live it, in, so that's why. As I, I live me. and breathe, I will put that on your title. I swear to God, if you bring Guardian, <laughs> to Mats, or is gonna, Guardian I'm the deck to beat? So you want to pick something that counters it well, right? Yeah, um, Guardian's not 
I don't know. Forte. Gar- Guardian has been not my favorite, and I think my answer would have been if you had asked me like before Living Legend happened, I think I would have said definitely no. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> right now, I'm not sure where I'm at. It's a possibility. I might try it out again. Um, and I think part of that is going off of kind of what I said earlier, where I just didn't have that much fun playing Viscerai. I didn't like playing the aggro deck where the games are so swingy and your aggro mirrors are like feel a little bit out of your hands. Um, I wasn't really a fan of that. So I think that um, I might look to something more consistent. So maybe Dash, maybe Icelander, maybe Guardian. Um, Maybe open Lexi, question mark. Uh, Lexi, I don't know about the consistent give, give, part, give, give a little bit of hope. Give a little bit of hope to everyone who's like praying for you on Lexi, essentially. Um, well, well, I, I want to, I'm definitely going to consider the deck. I like that it's at least not as linear as the aggro decks, but um, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, consistency, ranger things. Ranger, ranger things, not having a weapon. There are things to consider, <laughs> you know, yeah. especially to Guardian that especially I consider. Now, yeah, with Guardian, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so with that, I just want to ask if you have any shout outs, I'm sure you do for the, for your, your, all your success at the calling and the pro tour and the, the weekend in general. Yeah, there's, um, man, there's a whole bunch of people I could mention. I'm sure I'm going to miss some people, but, um, that's okay. Get them in yeah. the comments. <laughs> um, so first off, shout out to Ian kind of hosted me over in the Netherlands a little bit. And, That's Ian uh, from ENTCG, right? Yeah, Ian from ENTCG. Ian Zang, gonna, he yeah, top I gotta made sure. I'm just going to make sure. Um, <laughs> so big shout out to him. Uh, big part of my testing group and just awesome company while I was in Europe. Uh, kind of got to know him over this trip, so that was fun. Um, I stayed with the SoCal group, so like Chris Ioli, mm-hmm. Craig Pollock, Tyler Horsepool, I stayed with them for the Pro Tour for accommodations in Lille, so that was fun. Shout out to you guys. Um, and shout out to a lot of people who have helped me test, so Team CVK with uh, Jason Lai, Justin Wong, and so on. And uh, shout out to like all the other people who have helped me test, like Eric and Nia and John Ho and Oliver Fee. So yeah, ton- tons of people have helped me along the way, and I-, I appreciate all of you, and I'm sure that there's somebody crucial that i'm forgetting but um i appreciate you so thanks for all the help you hear that everyone yuki appreciates you if you weren't mentioned so no but don't everyone go angrily typing in the comments <laughs> for that one game you played with <laughs> um yeah i mean appreciate having you on yuki obviously we'll probably have you on more maybe we'll be on your stuff because yuki also has a channel mm-hmm. for anyone who didn't know I, I say she has a channel. It's just one of those co-creator kind of deals. I don't know if they acknowledge <laughs> each other as such, but um, she does have a podcast. It is mainly a podcast, right? It's uh, On the Bobble. See, I remember You got the name of the yeah. Bobble. Yeah. Look, if, if I repeat it to myself, I'm like a bit of a, like, a, bit of a repetition is key kind of person, right? So uh, On the Bobble, that is on YouTube, on Spotify, just podcasts yeah. in general, I imagine. Yeah, um, most of the major that, podcasting apps. Yeah, so that, that link will also be in the description. It is a limited focus podcast. So if you're curious on mm-hmm. how to approach how to limited, draft Fi, how to draft Icelander, Dromai, it's all there. Yeah, they already have, uh, I think, four, I want to say four or five episodes already up Might there. Um, yeah, I think it's five at this point. But um, a lot of them just like how to, you know, draft a specific hero. Uh, I would say that Yuki could probably attest. I, I've 
done a lot of drafting myself for Uprising or I've tried to like put in a ton of drafts. Yeah. Uh, and the key is like, you want to draft a lot with every hero so you can draft your seat. And the heroes are so different. Uh, not only them, but their strategies into each other based on what deck you have. Like there's so many like graph. nuances based on that. Yeah. And I think um, there are really no limited base podcasts. So I, I would implore you to go check that out. Um, I mean, Yuki obviously has articles about the stuff, but it's it's also nice to get a little bit of a podcast in there. So definitely check that out. Uh, appreciate your time, Yuki, obviously. And with that, from wherever you're watching in the world, have a good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Bye for now.